You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're, 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 tuned, you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? Awesome. <laughs> awesome back-to-back wins. Your voice sounds great. My voice sounds pretty tired. Yeah, well, we were both at the game. We're here, though. We're here. Back-to-back wins, back-to-back podcasts. But you were back at Paycor Stadium. I felt like it was a college football game atmosphere last night. What did you think about the crowd and the atmosphere? Oh, that was the loudest I've ever heard them, but I wasn't at the uh, playoff game. I've heard that one was also extremely loud. It was really cool. Uh, the the whiteout and the pom-poms and everything, that did feel very college, but uh, in a good way, not not like a amateur type way. Uh, it was very fun, very good atmosphere. Um, and honestly, credit to the Dolphins fans over there. I thought they were really nice. Uh, granted, they had to go through something that was kind of traumatic, but uh, they were very nice to me, at least. Yeah, that's one of those things, though, when a team announces, and it's not college football, they announce they're having a wideout, everyone wear black, everyone wear orange. It's always hard to pull off. And when I saw it, it's obviously a social media thing. This is what we're going to do. Everybody wear this color. You never think everyone's going to do it, or it's going to be hard for a whole entire stadium to look that way. And when I got there for the pregame and tailgating all of that, I was like, wait, Everybody understood the assignment. This is going to look wild inside the stadium. And it straight looked like Penn State college football atmosphere. And the thing about the crowd, and you you talked about the playoff game, and I think we felt that in this game, the crowd was a factor early on in that game. Yeah, yeah they got, uh, what, it was like a two timeouts on the same drive at, when, they were in the, when they were trying to score in the end zone. That was, uh, I was like, yeah, this crowd's really got them razzled a little bit. Let's go to the defense because we normally start these podcasts with the offense, but you know what? This defense so far is legit. Yes, a lot of people are going to point to backup quarterback, backup quarterback, but you face two early in the game. And Teddy Bridgewater could probably be a starting quarterback on another team. I mean, he looked okay out there in the second half and to finish the second quarter. 
What do you think about this defense right now? Because I'm jumping to top five, and maybe that's a hot, hot take to start this Friday victory morning, but they're legit to me right now. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get narratively. They're not going to get enough credit because Tua got hurt, but they're playing really well with Tua in the game, had a pick, had a really did a good job. I thought Tyreek Hill got his, you know, like that just happened. The deep ball really <laughs> blew that one up, but that just happens. Waddle didn't, and from what I remember. I, I don't have the stats. I think he caught a couple passes, but um, just Googling that as I go. The run defense was good. I know this isn't a great running team, but it was something I was worried about uh, without DJ Reader. So props to, I think it was just Josh Dupo stepping up. Uh, I'm gonna, excited to go watch that one back. Waddle, 39 yards, two catches. So, yeah, they did a good job on Waddle. Let Hill get his. I don't remember Kasicki doing much. You know who caught some balls was Trent Sherfield. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> not a guy I prepared for, but yeah, I was really impressed with them and they're starting to get the turnovers. So that's a key element they're getting those tips. Uh, they're getting, they're picking the ball off on the underthrows. Uh, Eli almost had one. I, I haven't watched a replay, so I don't know if maybe he, it was closer than I thought. I thought he was out, but I've seen some Twitter people posting screenshots of him in and I'm like, ah. but uh I don't know. I love the defense. Um, they are carrying the team a little bit right now, but that's great because I still have faith that this offense will eventually gel and come together. There was a stat, uh, Ben Baby, and paraphrasing it a little bit here, and he said when Eli Apple was the lone defender around Tyreek Hill, he only had, I want to say, one catch, seven yards. And I think that's impressive because, you know, a lot of talk this week, oh, I, I from Tyreek, I owe him something. And then we hear Jesse Bates talking, oh, you know, did he not get his Super Bowl tickets? And I kind of like that from the defense because one of the things we think about in 2021 was the swagger with this team and they have the confidence. They're not really talkers and say a whole lot. I mean, Eli did a little bit on social media last year, not much this year. And I kind of like that they just have each other's backs out there. And let's talk Von Bell. Because I said before the season, when you talk about extensions and some of these guys, some of the free agents they've signed over the last couple of years, it's, it needs to be a conversation that that extension probably needs to happen with Bell. What do you think? I agree. Um, I Both the safeties were really good. But Bell, obviously, he had the turnover, so he was very, very good. Uh, Bell might have been the best player on the field. <laughs> so uh, getting those picks is huge. Um, I know one's underthrown, whatever, but you have to catch it and you have to make a catch over Tyree kill. So that's tough. And then the other one it's uh Zach in the uh, locker room after the last game said tips and overthrows got to have those. And <laughs> that's what we saw. Logan Wilson tip goes back and Von Bell's there to pick it off. Got to get it, finish that game off. Um, just overall, he played tremendous. Uh, I haven't gone back and watched, but just, you could feel that. And then Jesse Bates was making all the time. It was like they, Switch roles almost where Von Bell's getting all the coverage stuff, the picks, the, the pass breakups, and then Jesse Bates is making all these tackles, <laughs> stopping the run, being the last defender to bring down Mostert type stuff. So, overall, they were the best parts of the defense. And I think we've talked about that before that the Bengals' safety room is maybe the best in the league, maybe second to the Bills. Who knows? They're injured though, so healthy, they're the best. Um, without trying to get into an argument, um. Yeah, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I thought they really led the charge. And uh, the only other guy I would give any credit, not any credit, so the only other guy I want to give some credit to is Trey Hendrickson watching back. He got a lot of pressure 
on Teron Armstead. And I was surprised by that because Armstead just shut out Von Miller. Uh, I didn't count any pressures other than a twist. That wasn't really his fault. So I, I did say in my article, when I was previewing that matchup. I was like, well, Trey can, he can beat anybody. He got Slater for a clean sack and he's, uh, you know, he got some pressure, no sacks, but he was able to drive Armstead back, got into his bull rush. It was really nice, but he asked about the safeties and I just think, I think they're incredible. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I think the thing with Trey Hendrickson, we see it a lot in the games. Not only is he talented, but the guy gets held pretty much every play. And he still makes it happen. They're never going to call it like ever. It's every, every elite edge rusher really gets held like that. Um, And one of the things that doesn't help Trey and a lot of these guys is they love that rip move to disengage where you swing your arm up to get that arm off of you. And the officials literally in the rule book, it is basically as long as the guy's moving his feet, I know it looks terrible with like the arm almost around the neck, but as long as he's not, behind him or something as long as he's moving his feet and staying with him they're not going to call it and that kind of sucks especially because i feel like people don't talk about it enough that it's in the rule book it's not just like an unofficial type rule but yeah when you have that rip move to disengage which almost all these guys do because it's great uh you, you end up in situations where it looks like you get held you probably might get held a little bit more than normal um not great but I want to say with some of the playmakers and we talked about free agents before uh, 2020 linebacker room, the draft class. When you think about Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis Gaither stepping in what he's been able to do over the last couple of weeks. What do you think about that duo right now in the linebacker room? They're both good. I mean, Logan Wilson's great uh, slam dunk of a third round pick. And then when you add in Jermaine Pratt in 2019, I mean, that's one of the biggest turnarounds. That's what everybody hopes the offensive line could do, you know, <laughs> make three stud picks in a row. And then it's like, yeah, we're good. They, I mean, they've got a uh, linebacker room that I feel confident, even if uh, one of those guys, obviously it did happen, but if Pratt or Wilson get hurt, I, like, well, it seems like Keen Davis Gaither can step right in. And he seemed like he had a role uh, yesterday that wasn't just uh, – Wait, I'm sorry. I was live. Pratt played, right? Yes. Okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure he played, but she was asking about Akeem Davis Gaither. I know. I know I ADG know. played too. Yes, he played too, but but Akeem Davis Gaither was still, you know, a factor out there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, uh, yeah, they they used him interesting ways. Blitzed him. Um, watching that, uh, but <laughs> I didn't see Pratt too much, so I wasn't 100 percent sure. But he was injured, so when you're able to rotate your linebacker, that's cool. And um, yeah, I don't know. They turned the linebacker room, which was almost constantly a negative other than uh, perfect and I guess early or Mal Luka, constantly like a negative post that into one of the best units on the team. And overall, we talked about the safeties. They're, they really built the spine of the defense, it feels like. You've got Reader as your nose tackle, um, and then you got these linebackers who are great down the middle of the defense. Then you got two 
of the best safeties in the league. So they went right down the middle. They said everything out there. And that's not to say these guys aren't good, Hendrickson and Ouzier, but, you know, we can play guys that maybe other guys don't want, like like an Eli Apple type person, because we have this really confidence in the middle of the defense to care, to uplift everything else. The Bengals made the move with DJ Reader. He's out for at least three more games because fourth would have been last night. You mentioned, you know, being without them with this defense, what that's going to look like when it comes to stopping the run overall. I know the biggest thing when you see this record of two and two, and we've talked about the defense pretty much carrying them. They were what they were in the playoff run. You look back to last season, what we saw in training camp of 2021, what we saw in training camp of 2022. You know, they have a lot of playmakers out there. Do you feel like overall this it, it, is it because of the competition they have played? Because I hate that excuse when it's backup quarterbacks. Look who they've played. Is this defense legit? I feel like maybe there's not that Micah Parsons or TJ Watt. There's a whole lot of playmakers on this team. And even one that we haven't mentioned yet, really, and Sam Hubbard, who's made a lot of plays this season, too. Oh, my God. Sam Hubbard put that right tackle onto his back on the play for that. <laughs> was it a sack or not? I can't remember. But he drove the right tackle, lifted him up, and put him on his back. I was like, that's incredible. That's incredible due to a, a professional athlete. Um, don't care if the right tackle was a weak spot of the offensive line, whatever. He wasn't a backup, I don't think. So um, he played not that terrible against the against the Bills. So being able to do that was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got so many guys. Like To me, I know on paper the people are always going to point Eli Apple as a weak point, but to me there's no real weak point, especially with Reader healthy. Um they get a big test next week, though. I mean, the Ravens, and that's a really good offense. That's pretty much almost like uh, in the NBA where these offenses just go around like LeBron James or uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, the Ravens offense is literally just Lamar. <laughs> you know, I think he has like something like 70% of the team's rushing yards and then also obviously all the passing stuff. So... He's he's uh you got to stop Lamar. They did it last year, um one but only one game. So I don't know. Got to do it again. Just keep showing up and showing out. You can't you can't decide who is the opponent. Um and also this week I think was a really good performance for them because you're not facing. You I know Teddy's the backup, but he is a, a low level starting quarterback. I I don't think that's and they have a good scheme. So I don't think you can discredit them too much. It's not like this was somebody uh it wasn't Flacco back there you know it was a it was some good quarterback play and they were able to hold their own they were able to do better than that so I, I'm starting to agree with you that this defense might be top five and especially with reader healthy um without him who knows maybe we'll mostly top 10 for a few weeks but um yeah I don't know what do you think about all that because to me this game was the was the test. This was the test. This was a good offense, and even without Tua, even with Tua, they were doing well. And without Tua, it seemed like great. That was going to be my point. I want to get to the whole Tua situation later on in the podcast, but just overall, Tua was out there in the first quarter and a little bit of the second quarter, and. I felt like just even the red zone, this defense overall, yeah, they gave up a couple of big plays yesterday with Tua and Teddy in, but at the same time, I felt like they did okay with Tua when I was watching them against this team. I mean, yeah, they do have explosive playmakers at the wide receiver room, but overall, I felt like, okay, as long as 
the Bengals are going down and putting seven up and not settling for field goals, they can settle for field goals with Miami the rest of the night. And I felt like that's where it was really going in the first half. You know, I did feel like they stopped getting a little aggressive on offense in the second and third quarter. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, this defense, this defense might be legit. I know Cheeto had an accidental almost chokehold. And uh, we talked a little bit about Eli Apple versus Tyreek. But I know watching the tape, you're going to get to watch it a little more in depth. But what did you think about the cornerback room overall? I thought it was good. Yeah, Tyreek's going to get his. And if you just don't allow the touchdown, you'll have one big play. That's fine. Uh, I and I guess the flag was also a big play. He did. He he got a lot. So and I think that's the first time because um, neither of the Chiefs games he did that much. I think maybe the Bengals. I, I have to go back and watch. Um, but the Bengals defense might play it differently because against the Chiefs, they really like to have a double basically on him the entire time. And then they would jam Kelsey and then just play man on him. So that was interesting. Um, what I was more impressed was they let Tyreek do his, but nobody else really did anything. I mean, Waddle didn't do anything. Gasicki didn't do anything. The run game didn't do anything. So it, it's like you allow the one guy to keep going off, but he's not scoring touchdowns. And then the defense as a whole is really good. And that's with and without Tua. But, um, yeah, I I was really impressed with the defense. We got a big test next week and then a couple more games. I mean, this is a good chance to get back on track. If they can win next week, I mean, they are probably in the driver's seat for even division. Top five defense, I'm saying it right now. We, we've seen what even, like. even without Reader? I say it right now. You heard me. All right. They're playing like a top five defense. That will be a test next week with Lamar Jackson when you are without DJ Reader overall, too. So, yes, it's not going to be easy for the AFC North when you think, think of that top spot, but it's going to be a great primetime game. A lot of primetime coming up for this team, the back half of the stretch of the schedule. But we'll get to the offense and more on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.